0: chapter 4 of jenny gerhardt by theodore DREISER this librivox recording is in the public domain the desire to flee which jenny experienced upon seeing the senator again was attributable to what she considered the disgrace of her position she was ashamed to think that he who thought so well of her should discover her doing so common a thing girl-like she was inclined to imagine that his interest in her depended upon something else than her mere personality. When she reached home, Mrs. Gerhardt had heard of her flight from the other children. "'What was the matter with you, anyhow?' asked George, when she came in. "'Oh, nothing!' she answered, but immediately turned to her mother and said, "'Mr. Brander came by and saw us.' "'Oh, did he?' softly exclaimed her mother. "'He's back then. "'What made you run, though, you foolish girl?' "'Well, I didn't want him to see me. "'Well, maybe he didn't know you anyhow,' she said, "'with a certain sympathy for her daughter's predicament.' "'Oh, yes, he did, too,' whispered Jenny. "'He called after me three or four times.' Mrs. Gerhardt shook her head. "'What is it?' said Gerhardt, who had been hearing the conversation from the adjoining room and now came out. Oh, nothing, said the mother, who hated to explain the significance which the senator's personality had come to have in their lives. A man frightened them when they were bringing the coal. The arrival of the Christmas presents later in the evening threw the household into an uproar of excitement. Neither Gerhardt nor the mother could believe their eyes when a grocery wagon halted in front of their cottage, and a lusty clerk began to carry in the gifts. After failing to persuade the clerk that he had made a mistake, the large assortment of good things was looked over with very human glee. "'Just you never mind,' was the clerk's authoritative words. "'I know what I'm about. Gerhardt, isn't it? Well, you're the people.' Mrs. Gerhardt moved about, rubbing her hands in excitement and giving vent to an occasional... Well, isn't that nice now? Gerhardt himself was melted at the thought of the generosity of the unknown benefactor, and was inclined to lay it all to the goodness of a great local mill owner who knew him and wished him well. Mrs. Gerhardt tearfully suspected the source, but said nothing. Jenny knew by instinct the author of it all. The afternoon of the day after Christmas Brander encountered the mother in the hotel, Jenny having been left at home to look after the house. "'How do you do, Mrs. Gerhardt?' he exclaimed, genially, extending his hand. "'How did you enjoy your Christmas?' Poor Mrs. Gerhardt took it nervously, her eyes filled rapidly with tears. "'There, there,' he said, patting her on the shoulder. "'Don't cry. You mustn't forget to get my laundry today.' "'Oh, no, sir,' she returned, and would have said more had he not walked away. From this on Gerhardt heard continually of the fine senator at the hotel, how pleasant he was, and how much he paid for his washing. With the simplicity of a German working man, he was easily persuaded that Mr. Bander must be a very great and a very good man.' jenny whose feelings needed no encouragement in this direction was more than ever prejudiced in his favour there was developing in her that perfection of womanhood the full mould of form which could not help but attract any man already she was well built and tall for a girl had she been dressed in the trailing skirts of a woman of fashion she would have made a fitting companion for a man the height of the senator Her eyes were wondrously clear and bright, her skin fair, and her teeth white and even. She was clever, too, in a sensible way, and by no means deficient in observation. All that she lacked was training, and the assurance of which the knowledge of utter dependency despoils one. But the carrying of washing, and the compulsion to acknowledge almost anything as a favor, put her at a disadvantage. Nowadays, when she came to the hotel, upon her semi-weekly errand, Senator Bander took her presence with easy grace, and to this she responded. He often gave her little presents for herself, or for her brothers and sisters, and he talked to her so unaffectedly that, finally, the overawing sense of the great differences between them was brushed away, and she looked upon him more as a generous friend than as a distinguished senator. He asked her once how she would like to go to a seminary, thinking all the while how attractive she would be when she came out. Finally, one evening, he called her to his side. "'Come over here, Jenny,' he said, and stand by me. She came, and moved by sudden impulse, he took her hand. "'Well, Jenny,' he said, studying her face in a quizzical interrogative way. What do you think of me, anyhow?' "'Oh,' she answered, looking consciously away, "'I don't know. What makes you ask me that?' "'Oh, yes, you do,' he returned. "'You have some opinion of me. Tell me now. What is it?' "'No, I haven't,' she said innocently. "'Oh, yes, you have,' he went on, pleasantly, interested by her transparent evasiveness. "'You must think something of me. Now what is it?' Do you mean, do I like you? She asked frankly, looking down at the big mop of black hair, well streaked with gray, which hung about his forehead, and gave an almost leonine cast to his fine face. Well, yes, he said with a sense of disappointment. She was barren of the art of the coquette. Why, of course I like you, she replied prettily. Haven't you ever thought anything else about me? He went on. I think you're very kind, she went on even more bashfully, she realized now that he was still holding her hand. "'Is that all?' he asked. "'Well,' she said with fluttering eyelids, "'isn't that enough?' He looked at her, and the playful, companionable directness of her answering gaze thrilled him through and through. He studied her face in silence while she turned and twisted, feeling, but scarcely understanding, the deep import of his scrutiny. Well, he said at last, I think you're a fine girl. Don't you think I'm a pretty nice man?" Yes, said Jenny promptly. He leaned back in his chair and laughed at the unconscious drollery of her reply. She looked at him curiously and smiled. What made you laugh? she inquired. Oh, your answer, he returned, I really ought not to laugh, though. "'You don't appreciate me in the least. "'I don't believe you like me at all.' "'But I do, though,' she replied earnestly. "'I think you're so good.' Her eyes showed very plainly that she felt what she was saying. "'Well,' he said, drawing her gently down to him, then, at the same instant, he pressed his lips to her cheek. "'Oh!' she cried, straightening up, at once startled and frightened. It was a new note in their relationship. The senatorial quality vanished in an instant. She recognized in him something that she had not felt before. He seemed younger, too. She was a woman to him, and he was playing the part of a lover. She hesitated, but not knowing just what to do, did nothing at all. Well, he said, did I frighten you? She looked at him, but moved by her underlying respect for this great man, she said with a smile, "'Yes, you did.' "'I did it because I like you so much.' She meditated upon this a moment, and then said, "'I think I'd better be going.' "'Now then,' he pleaded, "'are you going to run away because of that?' "'No,' she said, moved, "'by a curious feeling of ingratitude. "'But I ought to be going. "'They'll be wondering where I am.' "'You're sure you're not angry about it?' "'No,' she replied, and with more of a womanly air than she had ever shown before. "'It was a novel experience to be in so authoritative a position. "'It was so remarkable that it was somewhat confusing to both of them.' "'You're my girl, anyhow,' the senator said, rising. "'I'm going to take care of you in the future.' "'Jenny heard this, and it pleased her. He was so well-fitted, she thought, to do wondrous things. He was nothing less than a veritable magician. She looked about her, and the thought of coming into such a life and such an atmosphere was heavenly. Not that she fully understood his meaning, however. He meant to be good and generous, and to give her fine things. Naturally, she was happy. She took up the package she had come for, not seeing or feeling the incongruity of her position, while he felt it as a direct reproof. She ought not to carry that, he thought. A great wave of sympathy swept over him. He took her cheeks between his hands, this time in a superior and more generous way. Never mind, little girl, he said. You won't have to do this always. I'll see what I can do. The outcome of this was simply a more sympathetic relationship between them. He did not hesitate to ask her to sit beside him on the arm of his chair the next time she came, and to question her intimately about the family's condition and her own desires. Several times he noticed that she was evading his questions, particularly in regard to what her father was doing. She was ashamed to own that he was sawing wood fearing least something more serious was impending, he decided to go out some day and see for himself. This he did, when a convenient morning presented itself and his other duties did not press upon him. It was three days before the great fight in the Legislature began, which ended in his defeat. Nothing could be done in these few remaining days. So he took his cane and strolled forth coming to the cottage in the course of a half-hour, and knocked boldly at the door. Mrs. Gerhardt opened it. "'Good morning,' he said cheerily, and then, seeing her hesitate, he added, "'May I come in?' The good mother, who was all but overcome by his astonishing presence, wiped her hands furtively upon her much-mended apron, and, seeing that he waited for a reply, said, "'Oh, yes, come right in.' She hurried forward, forgetting to close the door and offering him a chair, asked him to be seated. Brander, feeling sorry that he was the occasion of so much confusion, said, "'Don't trouble yourself, Mrs. Gerhardt. I was passing and thought I'd come in. How is your husband?' "'He's well, thank you,' returned the mother. "'He's out working today.' "'Then he has found employment?' "'Yes, sir,' said Mrs. Gerhardt, who hesitated like Jenny, to say what it was. "'The children are all well now, all in school, I hope?' "'Yes,' replied Mrs. Gerhardt. She had now unfastened her apron, and was nervously turning it in her lap. "'That's good. And where's Jenny?' The latter, who had been ironing, had abandoned the board and had concealed herself in the bedroom where she was busy, tidying herself in the fear that her mother would not have the forethought to say that she was out, and so let her have a chance for escape. She's here, returned the mother. I'll call her. What did you tell him I was here for, said Jenny weakly. What could I do, asked the mother. Together they hesitated, while the senator surveyed the room. He felt sorry to think that such deserving people must suffer so. He intended, in a vague way, to ameliorate their condition, if possible. "'Good morning,' the senator said to Jenny, when finally she came hesitatingly into the room. "'How do you do today?' Jenny came forward, extending her hand and blushing. She found herself so much disturbed by this visit that she could hardly find tongue to answer his questions. "'I thought,' he said, "'I'd come out and find where you live. "'This is a quite comfortable house,' "'How many rooms have you?' Five, said Jenny. "'You'll have to excuse the looks this morning. "'We've been ironing. "'It's all upset.' "'I know,' said Brander gently. "'Don't you think I understand, Jenny? "'You mustn't feel nervous about me.' She noticed the comforting personal tone he always used with her when she was at his room, and it helped to subdue her flustered senses. "'You mustn't think it anything,' If I come here occasionally. I intend to come. I want to meet your father. Oh, said Jenny. He's out today. While they were talking, however, the honest woodcutter was coming in at the gate with his buck and saw. Brander saw him, and at once recognized him by a slight resemblance to his daughter. There he is now, I believe, he said. Oh, is he? said Jenny, looking out. Gerhardt Who was given to speculation these days, passed by the window without looking up. He put his wooden buck down, and hanging his saw on a nail on the side of the house, came in. "'Mother,' he called in German, and then not seeing her, he came to the door of the front room and looked in. Brander arose and extended his hand. The knotted and weather-beaten German came forward, took it with a very questioning expression of countenance. "'This is my father, Mr. Brander,' said Jenny. "'All her diffidence dissolved by sympathy. "'This is the gentleman from the hotel, Papa, Mr. Brander.' "'What's the name?' said the German, turning his head. "'Brander,' said the senator. "'Oh, yes,' he said, with a considerable German accent. "'Since I had the fever, I don't hear good. "'My wife, she spoke to me of you.' "'Yes,' said the senator. I thought I'd come out and make your acquaintance. You have quite a family. Yes, said the father, who was conscious of his very poor garments and anxious to get away. I have six children, all young. She's the oldest girl. Mrs. Gerhardt now came back, and Gerhardt, seeing his chance, said hurriedly, Well, if you'll excuse me, I'll go. I broke my saw, and so I had to stop work. Certainly, said Brander, graciously, realizing now why Jenny had never wanted to explain. He half wished that she were courageous enough not to conceal anything. Well, Mrs. Gerhardt, he said, when the mother was stiffly seated, I want to tell you that you mustn't look on me as a stranger. Hereafter, I want you to keep me informed of how things are going with you. Jenny won't always do it. Jenny smiled quietly. Mrs. Gerhardt only rubbed her hands. Yes, she answered, humbly grateful. They talked for a few minutes, and then the senator rose. Tell your husband, he said, to come and see me next Monday at my office in the hotel. I want to do something for him. Thank you, faltered Mrs. Gerhardt. I'll not stay any longer now, he added. Don't forget to have him come. "'Oh, he'll come,' she returned. Adjusting a glove on one hand, he extended the other to Jenny. "'Here's your finest treasure, Mrs. Gerhardt,' he said. "'I think I'll take her.' "'Well, I don't know,' said her mother, "'whether I could spare her or not.' "'Well,' said the senator, going toward the door, "'giving Mrs. Gerhardt his hand. "'Good morning.' He nodded and walked out, while a a half-a-dozen neighbors, who had observed his entrance peeked from behind curtains and drawn blinds at the astonishing sight. "'Who can that be, anyhow?' was the general query. "'See what he gave me?' said the innocent mother to her daughter the moment he had closed the door. It was a ten-dollar bill. He had placed it softly in her hand as he said goodbye. End of Chapter 4